My name's John Applebottom, and I'm here to speak anti-Dorna. My name's Lenny, and aren't all moments just recordings of things that were once live? Well, when you put it that way, you fuck. Yes. Trick question. Transformers never happened. Oh, that's what you don't know, mate. You better get used to stories about robots transforming in the cars. Because you're in one. No, I'm jumping off of a bridge. Do, 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 do. I'm John. And I'm Henry. And together, this is a supplemental reading. Welcome back to Zero Credits for this supplemental reading. And we've got a little bit of a special one for you today. Now, everyone knows a supplemental reading is a time when me and Henry, we get together and we dedicate an entire episode of the podcast to talking about the entire uh, breadth and span of a work that we think is important. Now, it's assumed that you have enjoyed the entire series or experience that we're talking about before we delve into a supplemental reading, but there's a lot of this one, so you'd be forgiven for not seeing all of it, and you really don't have to worry about spoilers. So today, we are of course talking about Released 20 years ago today, Harry Potter. Welcome to the wizarding world of Harry Potter. That's like a part that like you would put the Harry Potter music over. <laughs> uh, that's not what you told me, John. Wait, uh, in the memo you sent out... It very clearly said in my text-to-speech program that we were going to be talking about Harry Potter. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, we're going a little more, uh, uh, south of the border, eh? Oh, are we talking about, uh, Harry Possum, my series of Harry Potter southern fanfictions? I mean, that's close. Y- you've got, like, the-, the right number of syllables, and British accents are close, but it's like, you gotta... You, you, you gotta go a little down under. Oh, wait. Are we talking about Crocodile Dundee? That you're getting warmer, but if Crocodile Dundee was more of a sketch comedy group than it was uh, an American-Australian fusion of brutal magic. Wait, so are we talking about Crocodile Dundiddles, my Crocodile Dundee-themed improv troupe? Uh, uh, we are now. Uh, what, you want me to? You, you want to walk through that? Yeah, we broke up three years ago. It was pretty sad, but you know, every big creative endeavor has to end at some point. We had some hits and we had some misses, and you know, they're they're, they're all doing good stuff now. I'm not torn up about it. Well, no, I'm talking about sketch comedy. That's comedy that's been sketched out and plotted and scripted and recorded for everyone to see forever. Oh, you mean? I'll Donna. Yeah. Donna. Donna. 
the uh, Australian sketch comedy group made, of course, of, of Mark Banana Bonanno. Shit, Mark Banano Bonanno, Mark Bananer, Mark Bananer, uh, Zach Ruane and Broden Kelly. Yes, exactly that. We're talking. Speaking of Auntie Donna. Donna. Auntie Donna, the absurdist Australian sketch comedy group. Uh, yes, uh, you keep adding more details to this, but we are talking about the group originally formed in 2011 after they met at the University of Ballrats Art Academy. Oh, the University of Ballrats? Sorry, Ballarat. Ah, I see. Uh, this is very disappointing to me, Henry. Oh, you really wanted to talk about Harry Potter and its 20 years of history. Yeah, I brought a sorting hat quiz for you. I brought some trivia. I brought... There's just so much content that I had ready for this episode, but now I have to throw it all out. John, you wanted to talk about Auntie Donna so much that when we finished recording the last episode of Zero Credits, where you didn't get to talk about it, you sent me a three-page long email saying... We need to do a supplemental reading on Auntie Donna. I promised them so much exposure, and without it, they will starve. You're right. I just feel a little ambushed. A little ambushed about the thing that you sent me a three-page email about. Wait, hold on, Henry. Would you say that you like to ambush people? I would say if anyone is ambushed in this situation, it was me. Okay, so you're a Ravenclaw. Oh, you're actually a... You're a Raven... You're a Slytherine. A Slytherin? Or, or are you combining them in some way that I don't understand? Oh, it's a... It's a Slyth... Everyone knows the four houses of Harry Potter. Yes. Uh, you named There's, two. of course, Slytherine. Okay. Hugglepug. That's... <laughs> Alright. Ravenclaw. Yes, of course, the smart people. And griddle cakes. They taste just as sweet. So just to recap, Hugglebug, Slytherine, griddle cakes, and whatever the fuck the other one was. Ravencaw, dude. Ravencaw, sorry. Right. I, I Get, forgot. I Ten you... points from Hugglegrud. I need you to drop your Harry Potter stuff in the bin, because we're talking sketch comedy group Andy Donna. I would not have accepted that unless you used the Harry Potter appropriate term for the garbage. I thought I was being Australian. It's the same thing. Put another shrimp, another prawn in the bin, mate. Boy, that's getting taken out of the podcast. Think of our Australian listeners. What, you think it's offensive to uh, ap- apprehend? No, that's not the word. You think it's, a, you think it's offensive to uh, appropriate somebody's accent? Yeah. I think the Australians are some of the most laid-back people in the world. I don't think they care. I don't think we're going to solve racism on this episode. We did that like five episodes ago. We didn't solve racism in that episode. (laughs) Amazing. This podcast solves racism in 20 minutes. We didn't even title it that because I didn't want to. (laughs) Well, fine. Anyway, Auntie Donna. Auntie Donna, geez, let's start. Start at the beginning, John. Start with some background knowledge. Auntie Donna is a... I mean, we already talked about the Ball Rat Academy, but Auntie Donna is an absurdist Australian sketch comedy group that's been making content for the better part of six or seven years now. They, uh... I mean, they're not mixed media. They do sketch comedy, but they do a mixture of uh, recorded sketch comedy, multiple series, live sketch comedy. They're very prolific. 
Yes, they've they've had everything from a failed pilot to, you know, a string of TV channel takeovers on Australia Day and things like that. They're a uh, they're a comedy group that burns a lot of calories, and I love them. And you mean that literally, John? Because this is a comedy sketch group that dances quite a lot. Okay, so let's do the thing we couldn't do on a other episode. Enough huggle bugging around. Uh, you want to talk about the live show we saw? I want to talk about that live show we saw because, and this is interesting, a supplemental reading is primarily designed so that people who listen to it have experienced the thing, but the chances that people experience this live show at the same time as us, very low. Yeah, unless you were in the theater, you probably didn't see what we saw, so we're here to be your, 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 your eyes on the field, your, your, your ears in the moment. And then later, the mouths that say it all. And, I mean, if you were there, let us know, because we were there too, and we'd like to say hello to you. Yeah, we'll go back in time and meet you, and when we saw it, how, what do you mean, how do we tell, how do we, how do we say hello to them? Oh, we go and we meet them for a meet cute. What's a meet cute? We meet their cute meat. So this live show is a part of the Antidonna Big Boys Tour. Yeah, the tour they're doing all over North America, ending in L.A. with destinations prior to Austin that I am not aware of. This was their, their, their largest tour they've ever done. They, of course, toured Australia, a little bit of New Zealand, New Zealand a little bit of the U.K., and uh, they hopped across the pond, as they say. Ended up in New York, made their way down to Austin, and ended up in L.A. Oh, so they hit all the important cities. Yeah, London, New York, L.A., New Zealand, all the big hits. Nailed them. Nailed them right to the wall. I wonder if we're leaving anybody out. But I'd feel really bad if we were. Uh, don't worry, I've got their website pulled up right here, and... Uh, they're all the all of these all of these dates are in the future. Canada. Oh, they're going to Canada. They're gonna have. They're gonna be at the Just for Laughs. Uh, the Just for Laughs. I guess that's a convention. I think they'll be welcomed in Canada. And then they'll hit up Edinburgh, and then go back to London. They're but but you can't. I can't see any of their pass. It's best if we can't see people's pass, Henry. <laughs> I can't see any of their pass, John. Learning they're- from Black Mirror. There are men without pasts. Safety safety dance. Anyway, hold on now. Wait, what did you say Zach's last name was? Ruane. Okay, you're right. (laughs) Did you think I lied? I thought you said, like, Waylon, and I'm like, that's not a name. Okay, first of all, here's what we do. We break it down. What do we break down? How do we break this down? We break it down into digestible parts. Firstly, we need to let people know how we feel... About the people at Auntie Donna and also give them a quick uh, visual summation of what they look like. Alright, let's start at the top. Alphabetical order. Broden Kelly. Broden Kelly, the steel uh, philanthropist. The steel philanthropist. <laughs> he is six-ish feet tall, has a ginger beard, and the remnants of a ginger hair. And uh, he's got eyes that pierce the soul of any gazelle. He's got piercing eyes and slashing hips. And, uh, yeah, and he cuts a rug with those hits, hips, as he, he wears a suit, 
They all wear suits. They all wear slightly different suits. Broden goes with a actual like suit and suit top and a suit jacket and suit pants. He looks like he looks like he might be your boss, but instead of being your boss, he 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 does sketch comedy. Broden Kelly crush rating three and a half out of four hearts. What is the scale? Oh, out of four, we indicate how much of a crush it's capable of us to have on the individual members of Auntie Donna. Not it's important for them to have on us because they cannot because they're famous. Um, all right. Do I need to render a rating or can you just cover for both of us? I can cover. I think our answers are going to be the same across the board. You're probably right. Moving on to Zach Ruane. Zach Ruane. He's a falcon made of hair. <laughs> a falcon made of hair with with a bearded nest to boot. He's he's two things. He's a triple threat. He's a falcon, he's a nest, and he's a loving husband. Oh, is he married? No idea. Why would you say that, then? He's got piercing eyes and gnashing teeth. He's like the Jabberwock, my son. He's he's so much like the Jabberwock. Snickersnack, who's that? It's Zack. That's true. And uh, you get a free Vorpal's blade for every every show you go to. Every time you go to a show, Zack hands you a Vorpal blade because he just wants to die. And he begs you to kill him, but no one does because he's famous and, you know... <laughs> We, we can't bring ourselves to kill him, you know, because we love him so much. I've heard that Zack can get his voice so high you can only see it. You can't hear it. And I heard he can become so Scottish that in the sketch where he says Xbox, they actually, they recorded it and that's how Xbox was marketed in Scotland. And Zach Ruane has a middle name and it's Daddy Crystal Music. Crush rating, three and a half out of four hearts. That's the same rating as you gave Broden. I, I think I might, I think I might pick be picking up on the trend. Anyway, next one, Mark Banano. Mark Samuel Banano. Why is it Samuel? It's spelled with an A. Is it always uh, spelled with an A when people spell Samuel? Mark Banano. He is the Iron Giant of beards. The Iron Giant of beards and the Iron Chef of gears. Because he'll crush your soft, fleshy skin with his iron thighs of his, steel. His his iron thighs of steel. And if you ever talk to him about fish, he hates it. Never talk to him about fish. That you know, few people in life have as 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 they don't hold on to their principles, John. Mm-mm. And so, if you take a stance against fish. You can't you can't talk about fish, so it's good that he, you know, you earned my respect there. Yeah, I tested him when we saw them after the show. I went up, I said "fit," and the look he gave me made me know that I was not to say a and single you, syllable more. Yeah, you could have been saying "fur fur stayed." You could have been saying uh, "Finland, Finland." You could have been saying. Fee-fi-fo-fum, and, you know, been making a giant reference, but you just knew not to continue because he's that serious. Or I could have been saying, which I generally do say when I greet people, feet. Because you're really into uh, male celebrity feet. Anyway, what's the crush rating? Oh, crush rating, three and a half hearts out of five. 
Wait, why was that one out of five? I forgot the number that we were doing earlier. It was and also, four. Mark Bonanno generally doesn't wear shoes on stage. Just That's true. Kind of because of the feet thing. And also, Zach kind of unbuttons a lot of buttons and doesn't tuck his shirt in. That's their look. Yep. And uh, I thanked Mark for coming to our show. Oh my god. Let's, Wait. Okay. So let's talk about that. Show. It wasn't our show. It was not. It was no. their show. Yes. John, I thanked him for coming to their show. Yep. To his face as I shook his hand with both hands. Guys, can we talk about can we talk about how hard it is to meet famous people? I've never met a famous person. I shouldn't be allowed. So uh, after the show, there was a meet and greet with uh, with uh, Zach Ruane, Broden Kelly, and Mark Samuel Bonanno, and the line was very long. Me and my girlfriend shamelessly cut. Well, we ended. Me and my girlfriend and her friend ended up in the line by accident because we thought it was just a way to get out, and so we were actually pretty close to the beginning of the line. And then John and, and his girlfriend comes in and they're walking past us and we're like no 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 jump in front of us and we did and then some guy was like that's cheating and you we're gonna call you out because hey doesn't matter you know you all got the same place you got your picture you gotta you get you didn't even probably thank them for coming so they probably didn't even like you but if you are a listener of the podcast and you're the person we're calling it we would like to say hello to you Yes, and apologize and give you a care package of words. We will give you a wordly care package. And uh, yeah, we ended up meeting our weird comedy heroes. And it was the most awkward thing I've ever experienced. And I think I can say that for the both of us. Yeah, and, and all the blame are on us. Like, they were super accommodating normal people. But it was us not knowing what to say. That was just, it was just, we were awkward, you know? I mean, the thing about meeting celebrities is that when you meet a celebrity in, like, a meet-and-greet, take-a-picture kind of way, it is very rushed. It is very hectic. It is kind of scary. Yeah, there's people counting down, and they're not even, like, they don't even have your camera, like, up yet. They're just counting down to count down to get you to, to bunch together and take a picture. And mm-hmm. then, like, the camera doesn't work, and it's you're, you're holding Mark Bananos like back and you're like what's happening why am i touching this person i don't even like touching people but but i am because he's famous because i don't want to look like i'm hover handing in the picture because i don't want to end up on the internet being weird hover handing there's so much going through my head and then the girls was like oh, i don't know if the picture works i'll take another one and then we exit the door we don't even know if the picture worked or not and it turned out it did and you gotta send that to me yeah it was a bad picture which i deleted no i didn't um yeah, oh, yeah. It, was a, it was a bad picture? Yeah, it's it's a pretty bad picture. I look like a paunchy demon. What do I look like? Oh, you look great, but I'm well, still going to delete me. it. Send it to me. I'll crop you out. Great. Uh, Zach touched my back. Got a little Zach back. There you go. Zach back. Trick track. And I... Okay, so how many of them did you touch? Just the one, I think. I think I'm, I might have sh- sh- shooken. Okay, so walk me through the series. I'll... You walk me through yours, and I'll walk you through mine. It was a blur, John. I don't. I don't remember. Like I might have shaked uh, Zach's hand for a second, and but then but then it was like Mark, and then I, I didn't even I didn't even see Broden. He wasn't even like I don't know. J- Jamie, my girlfriend, has a story about Broden, but I don't know. I went up. Zach reached out to grab my hand, 
I then, I think, did like a light squeeze and let go of his hands so I could shake other hands. But then I shook Mark's hand, and he shook my hand in both hands, and I think he said we were great. (laughs) And to each one of them, I think I just said, I love your stuff, and weird. And then I was trying to get to Broden, and I got shuffled into the middle of the picture. I don't think I ever saw Broden. He just showed up later like an orb in the photo. It was a blur, and you know... Never meet your heroes. Or meet enough of your heroes that you get in- inoculated to it and you become good at meeting your heroes. Yeah, or that. Or or meet as much of your heroes as you can and, uh, you know, get in- get inoculated to the-, the whole Starstruck thing. Yeah, become good at your heroes so that you can become your heroes. Alright, so we haven't actually talked about their content at all yet, John. <laughs> yeah, we've been talking about hand-hugging and hugglebugs. And thanking them for coming to their own show. So what is their content, Henry? Uh, what did you hit with your foot? I dropped a pen. Don't do that. Okay. Uh, I would describe their content as, like, surrealist, absurdist humor, and that it takes a simple idea, like, for example, two people wearing the same tie to an office, and it kind of freezes in that moment and explodes it to an insane degree... That's both funny, refreshing, and just, you know, kind of great. Like, it's my kind of humor in that it's not at anyone's expense. It's just like taking a normal occurrence, putting a magnifying glass over it, and exploding that until it's funny enough that it can stand on its own. Yeah, I feel like a lot of groups come at absurdist humor from a different place. And I think that Donna comes at it from a... In a, in a way that, I guess, if you're being reductive, you could call it predictable. But they take very... They take concepts that children might find funnier, or non-very inventive people would find funny. You know, two people wear the same tie to work that could be turned into a sketch that is kind of funny. But then they, they keep blowing up and blowing up on individual moments until everything turns into a weird, surreal uh, masterpiece. Yeah, and, and a lot of it is is the way they ramp up the humor. Like it, it's not zero to full stop. It, it's everything has this build and it reaches, not reaches a crescendo, a crescendo because the crescendo is the build, but it reaches a zenith or a point where it tips over into the absurd, so that you know that you know if this same if these same events would happen in real life, the it wouldn't. It wouldn't be like this. It would just be like, oh, that's mildly interesting. But they don't settle for mildly interesting. They settle for just, like, celebrating the mundane and exploding it and, and, like, zooming in until you can see everything. And they do a pretty incredible job of kind of defying comedy tradition with, uh, you know, placement of gags and uh, sometimes punchlines or lack thereof. Yeah. And... and Everything has, like, an underscore to it. So, like, even when you think you know the joke or, like, you think the joke is over and it's playing out, they underscore everything with just one more little thing that, that you know, gets you in the end. Yeah, everything's got a really nice uh, stinger to it. Everything's got a really nice... Uh, they are really good at crafting jokes with multiple absurd punchlines. Yeah. Like what? 
Oh, like uh, the same tie, for instance, like how that sketch ends multiple times. And then it has ended so many times at one point that they bring in an old school, like, uh, British street man to say, and thus it was that the sketch ended, and then that's not the end of the sketch. Exactly. That guy gets punched in the face, and that's just one more joke to throw on top of it. Mm Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. I'm glad I get to meet them. I'm glad to get to see their show. Yeah, and uh, all of a lot of their stuff is available on YouTube. Um, they've got a, a, a number of different series, and they haven't removed anything since they started putting things up on YouTube. So you can, you can go back pretty far and see their roots. Yeah, which is something that I really like about having uh, YouTube creatives putting all their stuff up there and keeping basically a catalog of their creative progress through time. Because if you watch Auntie Donna's first video they ever uploaded, it's funny, but it's nowhere near the the quality and the concentration of what they're doing now. Yeah, you can actually see them evolve as a comedy group going from quick two-minute sketches to, to more... F- not feature length, but longer, you know, seven-minute, nine-minute sketches that, that just the complexity of their jokes that gets, you know, while remaining simple in the conceit, it's like their humor grows over time and gets deeper. Yeah, and I think that it's something that even if you're in a comedy group that you can't feel happening sometimes is you getting better. Yeah. But if you're able to, as a viewer, step away from being, you know, inside of something like that and step away from time and you just view all of their sketches from beginning to end in a somewhat linear order you'll see them grow as people and change and i think that's really cool yeah and uh you can also see them go down avenues of humor that you might not entirely agree with but it's like because because to some degree they do do they do do huh they do engage in some like gross out humor to a degree Mm -hmm. um but of course part of that gross out humor is like to what level of absurdity can we engage this so that even the people who might find this gross are also finding it humorous? And I think that they have found themselves in a really uh, neat place because if you watch everything they've done, sometimes they go into, you know... There was a there was a period of time where they did non-jokes and some pretty strange uh premises for sketches but they were all at their heart funny because the people who made them have funny bones they got funny bones yo but i think to what the 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 series of sketches that really kind of exemplifies them as a group is the haven't you done well series oh so good where it starts out with a simple observation like Take, for example, people wanting to try food on another person's plate, and it just kind of keeps doing that, running it into the ground until it's like, where else is there to go but to kind of get a little bit of gross outy, at least for me, um, because I don't like touching food that's not meant to be touched, but like, you know, throwing food at each other, pouring food over each other, just like taking us that simple idea of just you know people who want food from another person's plate just to to have a taste of it and you know reaching the the zenith of pouring soup over a person's head and giving them third degree burns it uh they they aren't afraid to 
to like push the barriers of good taste in those sketches, which of course is even more funny because you'd never expect it going that far. And I get, you know, you can't have that so much in a live show. Oh yeah, no. But there was still some of that. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you take their Ellen sketch, which I think is also the live version of the Ellen sketch is on a is on YouTube, so you guys could check that out. But if you take that, the idea of just Ellen DeGeneres on the phone with like a person that they're they're trying to make their lives better, and just like the rabbit hole you go down as as they keep revealing things and telling the contestant to do things, and like you know. Just taking the fact that, hey, talk show hosts like to make people's lives better, but they go through, like, convoluted things to do that. I don't know. You, you, end, up in a, in a, in a, you end up with a great joke. Henry, I have a... a real quick. What's up, John? Okay, so... I, I just wanted to have a quota for this. What is your favorite Harry Potter spell? Wait, what? Why are we back on the... Uh, I have a quota, Henry! All right, my favorite Harry Potter spell is probably Flapendo, because I don't know what it does, but it sounds fun. And my favorite is Gregariosum. Anyway, back to Auntie Donna. What is Gregariosum? Oh, it makes someone gregarious. So it makes them large? Yes, and gangrenous. Okay, anyway. Back to Auntie Donna. What? What? I... They're Don't not... you remember in book five when Cavernous Finch cast Gregariosum on Mr. Dundles? None of what you just said is remotely accurate. Oh, have you read the books? Yes, I have. In the original British? Yes, I have. Okay, fine. Yeah, I, I read I read Philosopher's Stone instead of Sorcerer's Stone. Uh, so that one's strange to me because halfway through it just turns into uh, Camus, and the other half is Monty Python. But yeah, yeah, Camus and Monty Python. What a match made in heaven! Indeed. Mm-mm. Crush rating four out of five stars. Four out of four. The scale was out of four hearts or stars or whatever. Oh shit! Great. Oh, all right. So in the in the vein of favorites, John. Uh, we were talking about a sketch comedy group that has a lot of a lot of material. Uh, what's your favorite sketch they've done? Oh, it's really hard to pick. All right, well, we can narrow it down to like three. What are your uh, top three and no particular order sketches? Gotta go with Bikey Wars for one of them because that song's catchy and it's funny. Yeah, uh, Bikey Wars is pretty great. Uh, then I'm gonna have to go with <laughs> honestly. Uh, the man who can remember everything, or you, Magic Man. You really like the man who can remember everything. I really like that sketch. It's really, really funny, even though it's so simple. Is it? Is it? What is it about? Is it just like the 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 energy with the bob 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 thing? Is it? Is it that? Yeah, it's because there's there's so much build up, there's so much energy, and then the end is so simple and negative. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I, I like it a lot. I I am not going to say it's one of their best sketches, but it is definitely one of my favorites. It is a great snapshot of their humor because it, it's it's exactly what they do. They commit one hundred percent to the to the build up, and then in a lot of the cases, the reveal or the turn is is like a negative thing. And then in some sketches, they build on that, but in other sketches, they just leave it hanging there. And then. 
Oh boy, what's my favorite after that? Uh, it's a it's a tie. Okay, so it's well, a tie between Touchy Tim. Touchy Tim is great. And what did you do last night? What did you do? Uh, okay, that that's one where it keeps circling and circling and circling, and it's like, where are we gonna land at this point? And then yeah, it's real good. I like what did you do last night a lot. Yeah. What about you? Oh, my top three. Well, of course, uh, Mr. Bull is is a great one. Oh, Mr. Bull is good. I didn't even think about that one. Uh, same, same Ties was the first one I saw, and I, from the, the moment I saw it, I, I fell in love. So that's got to be on there. I think that's a fair one. I think that's fair. And my third one has to be uh, a tie between Mark's face and the acapella one. Oh, the acapella one's really funny. That one's great live. I can't believe they did it live. That was I, I, of all the ones I expected to see, that was not up there. Yeah, the the strangest possible one to do live with the the one with the conceit that is lip synced acapella. Yeah, I mean, all you need, I guess, is a soundboard or some type of sound system, and you'll you're you're good to go. So I don't know why. It, I guess I, I didn't. Because in the original sketch, they have the uh, the backup singers. Well, I mean, you need more than uh, than what you said. What a soundboard and the yeah, sound you system. Need, you need more than a soundboard, and you need more than a sound system, and you need a little boom, 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 boom. Henry, back me up on this. Boom, oh, you mean boom, zoom, boom, zoom, boom, zoom, boom, zoom, 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 Oh, what? It's not plagiarism. You plagiarized their sketch just now. We've got to pay them royalties. We'll, we'll give them. We'll give them. We, we we bought tickets. Yeah, you're right. Uh, apologies to Auntie Donna, who you know, and all odds, will never listen to this. Not if we. Hold on. Let's What's put it, it on Twitter and tag them in it, and be like, "Hey, is this plagiarism?" <laughs> nice. <laughs> be like, hey, we made a podcast about you, and we plagiarized every second of it. Yeah, it's just a script to all of your 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 sketches read by two Americans who, you know, are are students of comedy, but aren't quite the the you know, we can't replicate it. Yeah, I'm not a student of comedy, and now I'm a criminal. You're not a student of comedy. Yeah, I guess I am because I'm in a comedy group. Yeah, you you do improv actively. Like, come on. If you're not a student, then who is, buddy? Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. You had a show on Friday. Come on. Oh, shit, I have a show on Friday. How am I possibly going to zoom, 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 Oh, that's plagiarism. Oh, here come the police. Whoop, whoop. That's the sound of the police. Oh, you just plagiarized KRS-One. I don't know what that is, but I do know that that's a song. He's the guy who made the whoop, whoop song. The whoop whoop song? I believe that's what it's called. That can't be its name. That's silly. You want to bet? And this is a very serious world we live in, John. You want to bet? I do not. I never want to bet. Haha! Ha, it's not the name of it, so you just lost out on a cool hundred. You didn't even. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't say how much the bet was for. Uh, you don't bet, so you don't know this. But every bet is for a cool hundred. No, I don't think that's true. Every single bet is for a cool hundo. Hey, did you know that Andy Down is working on a television series of Australian online streaming service Stan? 
You want to bet? I'm reading that right now. Damn. Out a cool hundo. Oh, Mike, I'm going to punch every face you have. So, uh, yeah. (laughs) That sounds cool. Stan, you said? Yes, the Australian online streaming service Stan. What if every country's official streaming service was just a name? Netflix is now Austin. (laughs) And instead of Hulu, it's Clara. And instead of HBO Now, it's Herbert. Herbert. It would make a lot of sense if they all, like, had similar first letters to names and services. I guess that would make sense. And, And Crackle... Crackle is, of course, Crackle Charles. Crackle Charles. You've never met a Crackle Charles? I've met so many Crackle Charles. Excuse me? What are you implying about my social circles? I'm just saying I don't think you run in Crackle Jerkle circles. (laughs) You heard me? Crackle Circle Jerkles? I don't think you can hang with crackle circle jerka i can hang any day of the week just give me a time just give me a time and a circuit a crack a jerk and a pocket full of dreams i want a pocket knife you can't you can't assume you're not going to get into a fight you're right anyway so yeah uh what else what else can we say about our favorite sketch comedy group auntie donna uh we love them we do love them. That came on too strong. I feel bad. Uh, maybe maybe buy them dinner first. I'd love to buy them dinner. How much do Australians eat? A lot. The last time I saw an Australian man eat, he sucked all the marrow from the skeleton of a whale. That's that's a lot. Well, y- you told me some things about the style, like some of the aesthetics of Auntie Donna. Why don't we talk about that? Yeah, like what? What did I say? You told me about the clubbing. Oh. That's, I think that's yeah. good insight that a lot of people might not pick up on or know from watching their videos. Yeah, I can do that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cl- clap me back in. We never left. Oh, fuck. So the aesthetic of, uh, of Auntie Donna kind of from somewhere near the start has been influenced by a lot of... Uh, like EDM, I guess you'd call it, but hardcore, happy hardcore music, and basically European club music, and then complextro, dubstep. All right. There's a lot of genres. A lot so, of genres. So, all right. So, so there's a lot of heavy influence on like electronic-based music. Is that is that a sum up? Yeah, and then you go to a live show, and they have all these... Uh, great electronic pump-up songs that happen before the show actually starts, and then they never stop moving and grooving, and everything's uh, set to music, and it's great. And I, I think that's because that uh, they are deep down hardcore club kids. They do. They do seem to punctuate a lot of their live show sketches with dances, like as a transition sort of thing. Like while things are getting set up, it, it's like. Their show starts and they don't stop moving for the entirety of the show unless a sketch calls for them to stand still. And I mean, I think that if you look at Zach and Mark and Broden, they're all dynamite dancers. Yeah, it's surprising because, I don't know, I don't usually think of of comedy group people, comedy sketch people being good dancers, but they really, they're... They're talented. It makes me want to learn how to dance, like take a modern dance class. Yeah, or at least just how to like move to a beat. 
I can move to a beat, but not in a way that anyone would find pleasant. That's what I mean. Like, move to a beat in, in an aesthetically pleasing way. Yeah, I move to a beat, but I, like, undulate to a beat. I, yeah, I kind of just bob my head to a beat. But that that's not... These guys, they commit. Every step of the process is, is like, a full commitment to whatever they're doing. Yeah, every part of that live show was so committed. It really made me want to do comedy better, try harder, like find some deep well of energy within myself that these guys seem to have. Yeah, just tap into that well and and then and then drain that well for all it's worth and hopefully it gets refilled by by laughter and applause. We are all just batteries with a limited amount of power within us after all. Yeah, we've got a little bit of Duracell charge in, in, in every in every life, and you know you gotta you gotta spin that, but you gotta find a way to recharge yourself. How do you recharge yourself? I've been trying for years. I'm running on fumes. And the comedy allegory, or in the comedy metaphor, what have you, it's through audience uh, reaction. The audience does recharge me to listen to their larfs and their guffars. Yeah, they're Larfs and Jafars, uh, the, the evil guy from Aladdin. And they're Hahars. And they're Harbors. They're David Harbors, the evil guy from Stranger Things. He wasn't evil, never mind. <laughs> what? <laughs> don't, don't, don't worry about it, John. The point you know, is... Fox Mulder, the evil guy from the X-Files. Because he moldered everyone. He was a molderer. He turned people into mold, and you are not wrong. But, you know, I, I a lot of their energy, I would have to hope, is like a feedback loop because nothing would probably suck the energy out of you faster than being that committed to like every action every every line and just meet like a, a stone wall yeah can you imagine doing a show like that and people don't dig it Ugh. and like with sketch comedy a lot of the times you don't get the audience reaction sorry with recorded sketch comedy a lot of the times you don't get the audience reaction except for youtube comments which we all know is like base level communication. Yeah, it's barely even talking. And a lot of the times, it's just people point out things they didn't like, or they're trying to one up your comedy on your page, and it's kind of like, uh, dude, why'd you bring a tiny gun to a huge gunfight? Yeah, and you know, you have uh, internet comment negativity, which is like positivity. Is someone's like, haha, I like this. Negative is like, I want to eat your neck. Yeah, so so these live shows that they're doing, like, it must be so refreshing to get the instant feedback of, like, clapping along and laughing and, you know, super fans yelling out stupid things that, you know, normal fans trying not to punch out the super fans because it's just like, just let them do their stuff. We don't need you to yell out the punchline before they do it because why would we why would we come to the show if some jackass behind us is just going to yell out the punchline and not let them do the punchline that seems like a bullshit thing but anyway there was someone in the audience who when he recognized the sketch would just yell the name of him like thanks yeah it's like oh cool you also found their youtube page i wonder if other people in life reacted the way like super fans do like, if uh, if you were in a restaurant and they, like, saw, like, Steak Cacciatore, they were like, Steak Cacciatore! Yeah, or, or if, like, they're listening to the specials and it's like, oh, yeah, we have a nice seared ahi-ahi. And, but before you could say the second ahi, the guy was like, seared ahi-ahi! Ah! And then, like, when he finishes off, he's like, uh, with a butter glaze, and they just say butter glaze way before him, and it's awful. Yeah. 
It's like, we get it. You've got the ability to recognize things, and you were talking about the Australia Day specials before, so we get it. You went deep, you, you dove deep into YouTube. Uh, it's great. It's great that you love this, these people. It's great that you're a super fan. It's just like, tone it down one notch. Let's all enjoy these guys together and uh, take it from there. And of course, if you were that super fan in the audience and you're listening to this, we would love to, to say hello to you and apologize. Not apologize, but let's just, uh, you know, I would want to discuss, I would want to find, like, why were you that excited? Like, well, what 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 drove you to yell out, like, sketch names? I just want to understand where you're coming from, because I think if I understand where you're coming from, I won't be this, like, judgmental against you. Maybe we can, uh, if we say hello, invite this person on the podcast and ask why they were so uh, reprehensibly excited. Well, that, that's possible, but they would have to first find us. No, we find them. But how how are we going to find them? We're his not name's the Chris. F- we're not the finder. You know his name? Yeah, his name's Chris. Angel. His last his last name is Herculine. That's okay. You're making stuff up. We're not the finder. That show got canceled. Well, I'll tell you, we're goddamn not the giver. Because we're not Jeff Bridges? We don't clap with one hand in this house. Precision of language, mister. What? Have you never... Have you never read The Giver? Nope. Then why are you making references to it? Uh, We're not Salem's Lot over here. We're not the Sandlot over here. Oh, you're killing me, Smigs. Who could forget the time-honored line from the Sandlot? You're killing me, Smigs. I mean, it's it just immediately comes to mind when you think of the Sandlot. There's not a more time-honored line in the history of time-honored lines than killing me, Smigs, from the Sandlot. You know, a lot of people think when you say that quote that your time of holes... But the most famous line from Holes is, look at him, Holes. Yeah, the most famous line from Holes is the rap that they did in the credits of Holes. <laughs> yeah, they were like, look at him, Holes. Rap, 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 rap. See, it's, it's real good. Holes. Rap, 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 rap. Dig up so many holes. Can't can't stop me. I'm full of holes. Look at these holes. I'm a hole. Check out the name. The name's Caveman. He is. He's a caveman. This is great. We are bringing back the G-Funk era. You've never heard that song, have you? No, what? Have you read the book Holes? No, I've not read the book Holes. Did you see the movie with Shia LaDoof? A long time ago. There you go. Alright, anyway, back to... What even are we, John? Oh, uh, we're John and Henry. Oh, did we ever introduce ourselves? I was waiting for you to... Holy to shit! Us oh my god! Wait, oh my god, are you serious? We're an hour into this! I was so far up my own butt with the Harry Potter stuff, I totally forgot to introduce us. You didn't even introduce us. Auntie Donna has been listening for 50 minutes, scratching their heads because they don't know who we are. Can I... Wait, I'm going to say something right now. You transport it back to the beginning. I can do that, for I am a magical genie man. Alright. Uh, Leaving this in, by the way. Shit. Okay, here's the thing I'm going to say. Okay. 
I'm John. And I'm Henry. And together, this is a supplemental reading. That's gonna... That's gonna flow real well, John. Uh, I think as long as you put that in there somewhere, we should be a fine. I'll put it at the very end. Oh, perfect. But what if Auntie Donna listens? What if they've made it this far or they listen and realize we're hacks? I hope they could appreciate the dumb humor involved. Uh, because that's that's zero credit specialty. Specialty is it's dumb humor. Oh, I thought our uh, our specialty was the grilled ahi ahi. Is ahi ahi? Did I say that right? Is that a fish? I think it's ahi tuna and mahi mahi. Gosh darn it! I don't know anything. I just say this because I had a job where I would handle an ahi tuna once every minute. Wait, what? What? Where did you handle fish? Uh, it was a restaurant. Okay. I'm yeah, I handled fish. I would cut it over a trash can, and sometimes it would fall in. That's gross. Yeah. Anyway, um, wh- what's left? <laughs> oh, uh, well, I've I have another thing I want to talk to you about. All right, good. Let's let's talk. Okay, so there's a lot of talk about this. About Harry Potter. No. What is it? Uh, so Auntie Donna is, uh, wears suits, and, uh... Oh, you know what sketch of theirs I really like? What sketch of yours, theirs, did they re- you really like? I really like the one where they summon their Patronus. Oh my god. <laughs> Alright, uh, yeah, that's a great sketch that totally exists. Quick, let's give all of them a Patronus. Alright. Who do you want to start with? Zach, of course. All right, Zach. Uh, what, like a like a ferret? Oh, you see ferret. I see uh, water bear. No, that's those little bears. I'm like a. I'm thinking like a wet, like a wet bear. Like a bear that's specifically wet. A sopping wet bear. A sopping wet bear. Okay. And now Zach. We started with Zach. <laughs> <laughs> John, what are you okay? <laughs> and now Mark, though. Uh, Mark is definitely. I'm thinking like a, a ferret. Oh, like a ferret for Mark? Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, I'm thinking he would have like like a pretty sweet car, like a like a like a nice like a like a, like some kind of. <laughs> Like a, uh, like a like a Fiat? No, like a like a wet Ferrari. Like a, a specifically wet Ferrari. All right. Yeah, like a sopping wet Ferrari. <laughs> How can I? All right, all right. And, and for uh, Broden? Oh yeah, Broden. I was thinking like um, this one's tough. Maybe like a ferret. <laughs> like a a ferret for Broden's pretty good. Um, now I think, I think Broden's a complicated guy. I think he'd have like, uh, hmm, well, Carr's pretty complicated, but I, I, Broden strikes me as like a, like a clock, like, like a wet clock. All right. Like a sopping wet grandfather clock. Oh, a grandfather, a sopping wet grand, so do the, the, do the gears turn? Yeah, they're just sopping wet. They're not stopped. So the wood hasn't swelled up with with uh, soak that it's 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 impeding the gears. No, it's freshly wetted. It's freshly wetted. All right, that's like a freshly sopping wet grandfather clock. 
All right. And so, when you cast a Patronus that's a sopping wet grandfather clock, because the, the Patronus usually is an animal that, like, jumps around and fights off the Dementors, but a clock is just going to sit there, so wait... When he casts a spell, does the is the is the clock launched with like a tra- a trajectory? No, it's just like there. It's just there. Yeah, it just shows up. Uh, is it is it accurate? I mean, even a even a broken sopping what grandfather clock is right twice a day. Is that true? It depends. I mean, I think the the idiom means like a stopped clock is right twice a day. Oh, okay, a stopped clock. Alright, so wait, so, so the clock is... But it, the gears are turning, so the clock isn't broken. Oh no, it's working, but it's working too well because it's a second... It keeps getting one second faster every second. <laughs> Exponentially. Yes, yeah, so it, it's been around for a few years, so the hands are spinning so fast you can't even see them, so it looks broken. But it's not, it's just working so well that it's it's above... It's above time. It's actually spinning so fast that it's sopping wet hands are drying themselves like on a Dyson Airblade. Is it is it re-wetted every time he casts a spell? Hell yeah. Okay. Wait, what about what about Mark's Ferrari? Does that run? Oh, of course it does. Right, you need so the keys can... for it, though. Oh, d- does the Patrona spell not include the keys? No, someone else has the sopping wet keys. And so he has to find... The, it's, he's a duo with someone. Yeah, I don't think he's found it yet, though. Okay, so it's like his dad's Ferrari? But, I mean, the Ferrari shows up and you can look at it, and then when it fights monsters, it goes... Pow, pow. It has a, a little cute horn. Uh-huh, like all Ferraris. Like all Ferraris. All right. You but didn't not ask all... me anything about Zack's bear. It's just a wet bear. That's pretty normal. <laughs> Yeah, but it's dead. <laughs> what? It's a dead bear? Yeah, it's, a, it's a dead, sopping wet bear. You think you would have mentioned that when you, you introduced it? I mean, I was trying to keep it light, but then you started asking questions. How did the bear die? Uh, Patronuses can't die. They're just already dead. So, his <laughs> Patronus was a bear that was never alive. Yeah, it's uh, it's a reflection of their spirit or something. No, it's not. Wait, what's the deal with Patronuses? Patronuses, uh, they're not like a reflection of the spirit. It's like it, it's it's just like randomly assigned. I thought, and like you can have associations, and it can change to like your loved ones, but it it, it might it might reflect what's in your heart. That might be more apt. What makes is that, you happy? Is that why what was in the heart of Harry Potter was a sopping wet deer? It wasn't wet. You don't know. But yes, it was a reflection of his mom's Patronus, which was a deer. Mm. Um, and his father... I don't know what his father's was, but it's like... It, the Patronus, it taps into the memories that make you happiest. And so his mom made him happy, so his Patronus took the shape of a deer. Okay, so I guess all of mine for the uh, Anidana people make total sense. I guess so. I guess a dead bear is what Zack really wants deep down inside. It's, please, it's a sopping wet dead bear. <laughs> Excuse me I, for not being specific enough. You never asked what they were wet with. What? <laughs> I assumed water, John. It's sweat. 
How does the car sweat? It's not the car's sweat. It's just covered in it. Where is this? Whose sweat is it? There's Look, there's no Patronus that sweats. They just come pre-sweated. Yeah, but the sweat has to have come from somewhere. Is it? Who, who, where does the sweat come from? Inside. Inside what? Inside your heart, because it's what you want. <laughs> Are you trying to say the anti-Donny boys? The anti-Donny boys. The anti-Donna boys have sweaty hearts? They have sweaty hearts and sweaty bods. Oh, John. What's up? Right. Any more details you want to reveal about these Patroni? Um, I think that pretty much covers it. Uh, for what it's worth, though, the Ferrari does have a skeleton inside of it. <laughs> and it's not anyone's skeleton, it just comes with a skeleton. Oh no, it's someone's skeleton. Oh, whose skeleton is it? Uh, it is the skeleton of famous crime boss Al Capone. Alright, you heard it here first, folks. Oh, also the clock has a skeleton inside of it. Does it belong to anyone? It does. Who? The bear. So the bear, the dead bear doesn't have its skeleton? Yeah, it's a, I probably should have brought that up. It's a dead zero skeleton bear. So it's a bear skin rug. I mean, it's still got organs. That's disgusting. It's like a big bean bag. A big, so- a big sopping wet bearskin beanbag. That's not. That's not. And that's not something you want. It's not desirable. Uh, not to you. What would your Patronus be? I don't know. Probably like a dog. No, that's yeah. See, you want a dog, and that's why you can't possibly understand wanting a sopping wet bearskin beanbag. If I had it my way, my Patronus would be a rock. Mine would be an island. Oh, you get a whole island. Yeah, I see. Mine would... That was like a Simon Garfunkel thing. Anyway, so Auntie Donna. Auntie Donna, the Auntie Donna, the uh, the sketch comedy group from Australia, started in 2011 when they all met at Ball Rat Academy. Oh, you mean the absurdist sketch comedy group? Uh, Auntie Donna started in 2006 by, by Ball Rat Academy? <laughs> they didn't start it. That's just where they met. Oh, nice. Oh, what, what do we what do we want to know about him? What else, what's left what's left to discuss? Um, what's their medium? What's their subject? We, John, we did all that. Oh, it's stone fruit. <laughs> yes, their Wikipedia page for some reason says it's their subject is stone fruit. So, uh, where could people... Oh, we're fucking covered where people can go and see them. YouTube! That you can see them on YouTube! Type in Auntie Donna on YouTube and their videos come up. Probably the 1999 series for some reason. And they're doing a whole lot of really good things right now. And I don't know what their grant situation is with the Australian government, but they got a lot of money and they're using it for good things. We could use this moment to talk about the people you don't see in Auntie Donna. Oh, the people you... So, like, everyone who isn't them... Yeah, the three people who are also uh, involved. Oh, like Sam Lingham, the director? Or like Tom Armstrong, whose title you might have. Uh, I do not have his title. Oh, he's a musician and manager. Oh yeah, I know him, I've seen him. Who's the third one? Uh, Max Miller, who is their filmmaker. Oh, nice. Yeah. See, every group... It, it's not just all about the performers. Those people are rock stars just like the Annie Danny boys. Yeah, just just like looking at their videos, you might think that it's only three people or so involved, but uh, they actually have a, a support staff, and I think that's that's kind of key 
to succeeding as a sketch comedy group is to have that support staff to, to take some of the uh, the pressure off of you. You know, as far as filming and editing and lighting and on all that goes. I mean, as someone who's filming sketches right now, the people who don't perform do the hardest work. Yeah. I, you know, it doesn't list their editor. I don't know who does their editing, but a lot of their sketches rely heavily on the editing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of sketches in general, a lot of a lot of film in general, in general, relies a lot on the editing. Editing is really where the story happens. It's where narrative is formed. Editing is one of the most important things about any filmed project. Even in something that seems as simple as a dumb podcast where we talk about things we like, the editor is probably the most important part. And you can always feel an editor's touch. You can feel my touch in an episode of Zero Credits because if you turn it up really loud and turn it backwards, you hear me whispering your secrets. And you can feel my touch on on a zero on an episode of Zero Credits because uh, when you listen to it, you notice that it, it's it's good. Oh, shots fired! Oh fuck! Now you're right. Uh, but if you listen to mine backwards, I tell you secrets, and the secret is the word wet in reverse. And if you listen to mine forwards, you hear the episode. So there. Yeah, uh, you know, I hadn't been thinking about presenting my episodes in a way that people actually hear the episode. Yeah. One time I just uh, replaced the entire episode with the sound of my knee popping. Yeah, I, I, I heard that one and then I quickly re, re-edited it so that it wouldn't be that. I'm really glad we started recording the episode with vocoders instead of our actual voices. What John doesn't know is that in every episode I edit, I add a elaborate string of sound effects which is why our budget for this month uh we're over and we can actually release this when we're recording it wait you mean to tell me you blew our budget i blew our storage budget yeah oh shit that means this podcast isn't going up for one whole week well they'll know that because i'm gonna make an announcement tomorrow but it's almost like we gave the audience the amount of information they needed in reverse order I know, but it's fine, because they're going to listen to it when they listen to it. Well, I mean, it's not one of my episodes, so they're not going to listen to it backwards. Well, you're right, and they're going to have a ton of sound effects to go with it. But no, seriously, two of my episodes this month were over 70 megabytes. Man, you get a... Get to lay off the cream. Nah, man. Anything for the sake of comedic timing. You gotta lay off the podcast cream. Uh, if only you would actually listen to the episodes, you would know how funny these moments were. I'm gonna have to listen to the episode. <laughs> this because... one doesn't have... Huh? This what? one won't have any sound effects. That's what you think. Kaka. That's just you making mouth noises. Yeah, but you'll have to put a sound effect over me saying a really offensive word. John, no! Don't say that! I, John, cannot wait to get my grummy hands on some kangarangarangaroo crack. Oh, that actually sounded bad. Yeah, it's real bad. Is that a, That's not a real word, is it? <laughs> Thank God we kept the Australians from listening to that part. Okay, I got an idea. Alright, so, maybe we should wrap up this before we just dissipate into the the ether that is uh, zero credits. Yeah, let's, I think we should, (laughs) 
do that. You know, we we never reworked our scale for recommendation, so we still just have the three options. <laughs> like it, love it, or gotta have it? Yeah, but since this is YouTube, you can't own it. Oh, I never submitted that prospectus on changing the names. Yeah, wasn't it rent it, buy it, gotta have it? I think it was like it, love it, get some more of it. Is that the new one? Is that the new one? I think that was supposed to be the new one. Alright, the new one would work. But of course, uh, there's actually a negative part of the scale, because we discussed it didn't have a negative. What's the negative? (laughs) Oh, it's, uh, well, of course, it's like it, love it, gotta get more of it. And the negative one is don't like it, don't love it, gotta get less of it. Alright, it's perfect. It's it's symmetrical in structure. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so, time for our time-honored, timey time to rate the uh, works of Annie Donna. And uh, I think I'll go first. All right, John's going to go first. I'm going to say Auntie Donna, gotta have it. That wasn't... That's not the scale we're using. Auntie Donna, give me more of it. There you go, that's the scale we're using. Yeah, sweet. And I will second that, and uh, Auntie Donna, gotta have more of it, and uh, they're per- releasing new content all the time, and, you know, hopefully that television show they're they're helping to make uh, actually gets out, and we can find it on the streaming service, Stan. Thanks, Stan. I don't know who Stan is, but he's about to get a whole lot funnier. I'm about to blow up Stan's inbox. Watch it be like Stan. Oh, stand out, stand out, stand. Yeah, stand out, stand out, stand. We have to go register that domain name right now. Can you have multiple dots in a domain name? Uh, what do you think www.google.com did? That has two dots. It has two dots and three W's. Can we do stand, 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 dot, stand, dot, stand? Yes, but we can't do stand, 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 dot, stand, dot, stand, dot, stand, stand. That's too many stands, you're right. We can't do that. So Sorry, there was a there was a noise outside my window. Is it a is it a perpetrator? Uh it sounds like an angry cat or a police officer. Oh, both of those are bad situations. Yeah, I'll go see if either one of them wants some milk. Right now you're gonna do that? No, later. Oh, okay. Well if it's a police officer, tell him I said hi. I will. And if it's a cat, tell him I said hi. I will. And if it's a bowl of milk, tell it I said hi. Uh, okay. And if it's a listener, tell them how they can get in contact with us, because I think we're about to wrap up. (laughs) Oh, how can they get in contact with us, Henry? Oh, that's right. I do that with supplemental readings. Well, first of all, you can head over to Twitter.com and hit us up on our Twitter at ZCPCWHJ. And that stands for, John? Oh, it stands for Zen Chips Part Crisps Wasps Hate Juice. That's right, that's what that stands for, and uh, once again, that's twitter.com, at zcpcwhj, and while you're at it, why don't you throw Auntie Donna a, a look, throw them a follow, let's let's blow up their spot, as they say, and uh, their, their, uh, their, their Twitter handle is at Auntie Donna Boys, so why don't you give them a look, give them a follow, give them a DM, but don't be obnoxious, and tell them Zero Credits sent ya. Yeah, end your Twitter message with zero credits at symbol zero credits sent me. Peace, ya boy. Peace, ya boy. 
And uh, you can also email us at zero credits as a podcast at gmail.com. And you can send us what what else do you want us to check out? What what other things out there are you wanting us to take a look at? Be it YouTube, be it a book, be it a movie. Just drop us a line, drop us a dime, but don't drop us the time. And feed it into our open minds. That too. Thanks, John. Uh, you can also catch us on Facebook if you look up Facebook, and then when you uh, when you're on Facebook, look up Zero Credits Podcast in the Facebook search bar. We're the first result because we're the only ones who care about you, dear listener. And and what else? You can also look up Annie Donna on Facebook. Annie yeah, Annie Donna on Facebook. We're on Twitch.tv/slash Zero Credits. That's right, we're on Twitch.tv, we stream periodically, not often enough, but not less often a little. And if you care about the podcast, share it with a friend, tell them how we did. Yeah, word of mouth, do a YouTube, no, do an iTunes review, do, do, a, do a, a rate us, share the love. And if you, if you rate us highly on iTunes... And then send us an email with your address. I'll send you a poem. That's right. Poems on Demand by John. And uh, we could actually do a contest thing to, to, to if, you, if you're interested in that. We could do that. Let's talk about it. All right. We can talk about it. All right. We'll talk about that. And uh, do us a favor, listener. Uh, find Auntie Don on YouTube. Subscribe to their channel. Watch their videos. And just really make them feel the zero credits love. Yeah, give them that sweet zero credits bump and let them know the boys love the boys. That's right. It's boys on boys here. And uh, from everyone here at Zero Credit Studios, uh, we wish you a happy 4th of July. Hashtag the boys love the boys. Hashtag boys love the boys. Hashtag BLB. Hashtag 4th of July. Let's, Let's go. Let's go home. Let's go home, John. Take us away. Bye, everybody. Kachow, Badoof, Crimshaw. Yeah. I feel like Crimshaw is the name of like a superhero or something. It is now.